It's time to be unapologetically you. Welcome to the Spitfire Podcast with your host, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, a certified life and business coach out of Washington, D.C. If you want to go from feeling burnt out to fired up, this is the spot for you. We're talking about the real issues, the real topics that are affecting you at home, in business, in every relationship that you're having. If you have a question, a concern, a criticism, whatever it is, hit us up at spitfirepodcast.com and make sure that you're subscribed on Spotify or iTunes. What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another awesome episode of the Spitfire Podcast. We are on episode 74. The drought is over. The pause is over. I am fired up to come back to you to share the amazing knowledge that I get from my clients, the lessons that they've learned, the worksheets that I put together from them, the work plans, all of that great stuff. You guys get to soak in all of those nuggets that they're working hard for. Uh, So be sure to thank the people going through coaching that you'll never know because all of that is 100% confidential and private. But I want to share these universal lessons and and shifts that they're experiencing because everyone at some point will experience them too. So you get to have all of that in your ear and you'll have some worksheets to go along with it. So today we are diving into operating principles and our universal rules. Now, if you've ever worked at a corporation, you've ever worked for Uh, anything with processes and procedures, you may see operating principles, you may see see some best practices. If you have never worked in that situation, don't worry, you're going to customize it for yourself. So essentially what we are doing is creating a structure and a process for you to govern yourself, for you to have a framework on how you go about your day-to-day, how you operate, if you will. And a lot of times we kind of know this in the back of our head. We know it in our gut, but we don't put it on paper so that it becomes in print. It doesn't become finalized. But what would happen if we standardized what our standards were? What if we put it in stone? What if we put it in writing? What our must-haves are? Now, if you work in an industry like I do, which is coaching, you have a contract. It's a mutual contract between me as the coach and the client who's the coachee. And the reason for that is every single relationship, I don't care if it's romantic, family, uh, friendship, business, whatever it is, all relationships break down from unmet expectations. And you best believe that if you do not iron this out from the front end, you're going to be left with confusion, frustration, annoyance, anger, and maybe even a lawsuit. Hopefully it never gets there. But this is where you need to be very clear about what's important to you and what's important to your client. What is that agreement on products or services delivered? And I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. So we're going to go into that. The resistance to doing this is down to not wanting to offend, not wanting to bother. And it really comes down to people pleasing. We put others others needs, other people's stories in front of our own. What's the worst that can happen? They don't want to work with us. What's the worst that could happen if you don't say it? They're going to walk all over you. They're going to take advantage. You're going to be pissed off. You're going to lose a lot of sleep. You're going to lose some money. You're going to lose work because they're taking all of your time. So by investing in the front end and getting very clear on what's important to you, it's going to help you in the long run to say no to clients that you know are going to be disasters 
and to create space to allow those ideal clients to come in. So that's what operating principles are about. That's what universal rules are about. So before you do this exercise that I'm about to walk through, I highly recommend spending some time creating some space to go through the values worksheet that is on my website. It's spitfirecoach.com slash worksheet. It is free. I think it's worksheets actually. Um, it's under the Spitfire uh Spitting Fire book tab if you are looking from the homepage. Um, But go through that exercise and pick out the five to 10 values that are really important to you and why. This is going to give you clarity on where there are values and things that are important to you that need to be honored and where there are activities or decisions or people that may be challenging or violating those values and boundaries. So when you have clarity around your values, you have clarity on the key pieces of your operating principles, which are your must-haves and your deal breakers. Now, if you just list things off the top of your bat, off the top, off the top of your head, why off a bat? I don't know. When you start to just list these off, they're not connected into the root of you. They may be based on anecdotal situations. They may be based off of a specific client. But the more that you can really look and sift and dig down into who you are and why it didn't work or why it did work, it allows you to have clarity to your why. Otherwise, it just seems like we're kind of like flaky and flippant and like, ooh, I'm in the clouds. That sounds nice. That sounds great. But we've got to connect it back to who we are and why we're doing this work and connect it back to the value of the work that you're doing. So go through the values exercise, pull those out, and then think about the must-haves and the deal breakers. And I'm just going to share with you the ones that I came up with. Uh, I put this together about a week ago, um, and it was very top of mind after working with some clients. So my must-haves is, number one, is flow first. And that sounds kind of abstract, but I am all about finding a state of flow. Not forcing things, not making things happen, although I love making things, making shit happen. This is about finding flow. So things that are in alignment with who I am, my passions, where my talents are. So obviously coaching is that. I love consulting. I love advising and being a strategic thought leader. That's awesome. Uh, number two is fun. I love to have fun. And when I have fun, it's where all the great ideas come from. It's where my clients can relax and be themselves and not feel like there's so much pressure. The third one, I've got to be providing value. I don't want to just be there reading off of slides, telling you what you want to hear. I get paid to be direct and to show your blind spots and to be present to call you on things that aren't working. So I need to provide that value for my clients and potential clients. And the other, the last piece is that it has to be aligned in my mission and values. And this will lead into the deal breakers. So when people are investing in their teams when you have a decision maker, a CEO, uh, an executive director who is all about supporting their team, I'm down with working with those people. If it's a CEO who is trying to fix their people but doesn't want to invest in themselves to do the same thing, that's usually a big, big red flag and that leads to the deal breakers. So with deal breakers, the number one is disrespect and that shows up for me in the way that people treat time and the tone that they use. So if they're coming off as being condescending, knowing it all, being forceful, having some passive aggressive tones in there, that's a red flag. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't really want to go there. And time 
is a weird thing, but I know that I have a high value around efficiency and time and valuing and having quality time. So if people are chronically late, if they don't offer an explanation on why they're late, if they don't confirm, there's things that go along where I get curious about what's going on there. Um, So when people are not uh, aware of it or they're not addressing it, that's usually a red flag that there's something else going on there where there may be a lack of control. Um, which is not, it's not a hundred percent deal breaker, but it's definitely something that I look for. So the main thing is around disrespect of, of tone, uh, because if someone's late or they miss a session, then usually there is a conversation to follow about what happened and what's going on. Um, if it's, if it becomes a chronic thing, then that is usually, it actually says it in my contract that if you miss two sessions with no explanation, then it severs the relationship because you're investing in yourself. You know, you're paying me. I'm not cheap. Uh, I used to be cheap. I am not cheap anymore, and I'm okay with that. But you're investing in yourself. You're investing time and money into improving your life. Why would you miss out on that? So that's usually an indicator that something else is going on. And as the coach, I'm going to call you on that because you're coming to me for accountability and for very specific goals. So that's number one. Number two is the lack of communication, which goes into the disrespect of time. So when you go AWOL, when you don't respond to things, um, when you're not giving the whole story, like as the coach, I'm going to be really honest about it. I'm going to be curious and ask. But if I've noticed that you're deflecting, then I'm not getting the whole story. And to me, honesty, I should put that up there. Honesty is a big thing in must-haves. We need to have trust. We need to have honesty in order for this process to work. So that's key for any coaching relationship. Um, the other one is a values or mission class. And I, and I mentioned this clash, not class. Um, I mentioned this before about having CEOs who are trying to fix their team, but they're not having any accountability. Um, they're not doing the work and they're not bought into the process. So there has to be 100% buy-in for this to work on all levels or the majority of it in where it's happening. So if I notice that there is a, a value mismatch or a mission mis- mismatch, um, obviously I'm not going to go work for um, a pro-gun lobbyist because that's something that's really important to me. Like I don't like guns. I don't want to be around guns. I'm probably not going to work for uh, a group that's supporting hate and discrimination. Not what I'm about. That's our choice as business owners. So if you get that red flag of like, this does not feel right in my gut, what's that about? you can put a deal breaker around that of, you know what, I don't want to work with a group that's not in line with my values and, and, the, and the issues that I, that I support. Um, the other thing is when things are out of scope. So when things start to creep, if you've ever heard the term scope creep, and I'll probably do another podcast episode on this, it's when you have a contract where you have very clearly stated uh, items that the contract and the pricing covers, and people just keep asking for it, asking for more, but don't want to pay for it. That's that goes back to disrespect because that's basically saying your time and your expertise is is not seen as valuable. I'm not willing to pay for that. Um, I have not thankfully had to deal with this with my clients uh, that I currently have. I had have had to deal with this in the past uh, when I worked in association management. This can also be seen as an opportunity where you can upsell and and transition them to appreciating and valuing your time and expertise. Um, So don't say yes to this. If you're feeling like they're pushing outside, go back to the contract. Remember, clear expectations get you paid. It has a money, money rate attached to it. Anything outside of this scope is X dollars per hour. 
So that's where we get really clear on communication and we get really clear on what is covered in our agreements. Um, and then the big thing for me for a deal breaker is when it feels like work and it's not fun because that's when I know that I'm not working in my preference. I'm not working from that state of flow. And this sounds like it might be lazy, but I work my ass off, but I'm also having fun. So when I start to feel drained and stressed, it's usually when things are out of alignment and I'm trying to make things happen and force them to happen. So this is that reminder of, is this something that is in my preference or is this something that I can delegate or refer out to someone else who has more of an expertise in this? So think about where you're feeling energized in your business. Think about where you're feeling drained and what are you taking on that may not be working for you? So when you have these must-haves and these deal breakers, it will help you to have clarity in the language in your contracts, in your conversations, on your website. All of this language can be very much customized to your tone that you would be speaking to your clients with so that it's very clear from the front on, on how you do business. They're coming to you as the expert. They're coming to you to guide them and to provide a product or a service. If you start to bend to them, if you start to accommodate them, it's actually putting them at a disservice. It's allowing them to believe that they know better. Well, then why the hell are they hiring you? They can have input. That's great. We love to collaborate. We love teamwork. But you have to step up and step out as the expert and put your foot forward and say why. Tell them why. Give them the expertise. Give them the rationale. Give them the education. Those nuggets are going to be amazing. So the more that you can train people how to treat you educate them on your process and also the step-by-step process of it. Why is it this way? Why is this going to help them in the long run? And I see this come up. I have, I have designer clients. Um, yeah, they're designer. They, they cost a lot. No, they're graphic designer clients. And this comes up a lot because people think, oh, I'll just go on Fiverr or I'll just go on Upwork or somewhere else where it's a gig economy. What is the difference in working with a client as a graphic designer versus someone who you never meet that you outsource to. So you have to tell the story and build that narrative of where your values are and what you're not willing to do because every time that you say what your boundary is and then your actions don't back it up, you're saying it's okay to violate them. It's okay to continue to do this and they're never going to pay if you're giving it away for free. So be very clear in what your language is, what your must-haves are, what your deal breakers are, and then what the consequences for that. You don't have to be clear about it, but the clearer you are in your contract as far as missing payments, missing sessions, um, you know, going out of the scope, be clear about it because they need to know on the front end that you mean business about your business. So own it. When we talk about the universal rules, this is more of like the woo-woo, hippy-dippy-trippy, but I love it because this can be used in business and outside and they connect back to those values and that mission. So I have, I have written down some prompts here and I'm going to have this in a worksheet so that you can spend some time when you have quiet time when you're not driving or walking somewhere where you can really just sit and reflect because I think it will help give you clarity on where you're coming up and showing up as a leader or as a business owner. So when you think of universal roles, this is the first prompt. I speak with blank. Number two, I act from blank. Number three, I look for blank. 
The next one, I connect to blank. Next one, I work with blank. And the last one, because I love, I love play, is I play with blank. So I speak with, I act from, I look for, I connect to, I work with, and I play with. So head on over to spitfirecoach.com slash worksheets and feel free to download these prompts. And if you want to share them with me, that'd be awesome. But this is how you show up in your most awesome Spitfire self. This is what grounds you and gives you that, that lens, that structure, that identity of who you are as your most powerful self. So we've got our operating principles with our must-haves and our deal-breakers, and then we have our universal rules. So if you need a copy, I'm actually going to put a, a link to this in the show notes, and you can also go to spitfirecoach.com worksheets. Uh, if you have more topics, if you're like, dig into that more, I just got to hear about it, feel free to email me at lauren at spitfirecoach.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all that stuff. Feel free to send it to your friends who are business owners or want to be business owners um, or who just kind of need some guidance in their professional life. It is all good. Share it. These are universal properties and principles and rules and all that stuff. And you can apply it anywhere and everywhere in your life. So I don't know about you, but I need to take a drink of water because that was a lot of talking. But do it. Feel awesome. Be awesome. And to all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome.